Welcome to the Channel 17 podcast, a weekly Braves discussion brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Twitter, at ProdLeisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always, on the other line, my father, Tim Floyd. And great to be with you, as always. Uh, so we're doing this a day late than we had initially wanted to or planned, but it works out because this is Freddie Freeman's 27th birthday, Matt Whistler's 24th birthday, and had he still been alive, George Jones's 85th birthday. You know, I did not realize any of that. But that I didn't realize that until I saw Dave O'Brien's Twitter this morning. But I mean, that, that's, that's such a big day. I should probably just take the day off from work celebrate all day. It should be a holiday. Anyway, um, yeah, at least you know be. what... And Johnny Cash died on this day 13 years ago. So George Jones was born and Johnny Cash died on the same day. Same yeah, so, so you, have to, you have to know what you're listening to now as you drive around. That's right. Um, so I think we're going to spend a lot of time on the minor leagues, but not for the reasons that we don't like the major... There's a lot of news in the minor leagues. Right, sure. But I want to cover quickly on uh, avoiding 100 losses. Watch. Yeah, I should have gone for a more clever the name with that. Now that I said that out loud. Uh, so the Braves have played 143 games. Mm-hmm. So that does mean that they have 19 left. There's not like a weird, to play. There's yep, not one that that's math. like not going to happen. Um, and they are 55 and 88. Okay. So they need to go eight and eleven. Exactly. Seven and twelve, they lose a hundred, so they got to win eight of their last nineteen. Doable, but not anything but certain. Right. So we're, we're still <laughs> that's, watching. That's out. slightly better than their percentage overall for this year, right? So they. Can, yeah. Although not better than their second half percentage, right? No. They probably got to play about like they have been. Yeah. But you know, the other thing that's interesting is I, I was thinking about. We've talked about whether Snicker should be kept on permanently, and maybe that's more of an off-season decision, also with who's right. available and what we think. But the team is obviously playing better overall, but is it a better team than it was at the start of the year when they lost their first nine? Um, I don't see, there's, there's not that much difference. Uh, it sure seems clear that the main difference is some guys that got off to abysmal starts started to hit better including most obviously freddie freeman um it's also true that the um shortstop position you know was historically bad for the first couple of months and ibar actually hit pretty well and then of course swanson who i know we'll talk about some more has more than held his own i think uh, i'm not sure it's that they're that much different i think there were just some people that and nciarte obviously missed a month and was terrible and then he's had a just a terrific second half um, and Jace Peterson went from just looking, regression to the mean, not to sound too much yeah. like a stat head, but some guys were just so bad they, they weren't going to well, sustain that level. But Jace Peterson went from looking like he was never going to play in the majors again to being a valuable contributor. It, that's that's one more great example. So so there's several people that got off to just horrific starts. I mean, not just in a slump, but just terrible. You're right, Peterson. Like, there's no way that guy ever be a major league player at this point. But he's put in a really solid second half since he's been up. But, I mean, I guess the real places where the talent would be better would be shortstop, left field, and the rotation. Right. 
Um, the, the two positions, obviously, are shortstop, which you mentioned a moment ago. Obviously, it's great to have Swanson up, and um, we, we to say there's a lot to say about him. I didn't mention Matt Kemp. Is that that is an upgrade in left field? Um, I suppose over over Jeffrey and Cor. Yes, it Cor. is. <laughs> um, yeah, although it's not a huge upgrade because I've seen Matt Kemp in left field a few times defensively. I don't watch every game all the time, but man, he looks pretty bad defensively out there. But he hits home runs. <laughs> That's something this team had not been doing right. very much. Certainly in the first half, the worst home running hitting team in in generations probably. But they've they, all of them. Must, I mean, Nick Marquez has. 10 or 11 home runs, 10. right? Yeah. Um, and Kemp has had Hell, home runs Jace before. Hell, Jace Peterson has seven. To do it. Right, yeah. Freddie Freeman has a career high in home runs. Um, but again, I, they just weren't going to sustain that level of yeah. not hitting the ball out of the park. Um, Matt Kemp is an upgrade, no doubt. Whether he's an upgrade over the left fielder, actually, you know, I guess Enciarte and Malix didn't play together all that long. No. Um so anyway, we'll see um, how that all shakes out in the off season. But Kemp, Kemp's made made a, made some difference. We talked about this last week. I'm very skeptical of the thought that just because he's such a feared major league hitter, it makes everybody else in the lineup better. I suspect that's just a matter of correlation and not causation. But <laughs> and again, my point was he's better than Jeff Francoeur. I'll give you that. Yep, no doubt about that. And then I. I think, although I guess it's some of the same guys, but, you know, I think the rotation is a better day-in, day-out unit. Well, yes. Um, Unless you're really going hard on Bud Norris. I mean, Bud Norris actually, you know, put in a pretty good stretch there enough so that they could get something of value for him. Um, So much of this year, you know, they've, they've just had running out guys that you just didn't you knew weren't really part of the future more recently they've been throwing guys out there that may very well be pitchers for the Braves for the next couple of years and that's but I don't think the starting pitching has really been any better over the last well I mean maybe it two. is fair to say that Matt Whistler and Mike Fultanovich at the end of this season are better than they were talent wise at the start um, yes and no. Fulty, I think, has sort of steadily improved. Um, they're always, it's in fits and starts and ups and downs, but he's he's looked pretty solid and had several really good starts. Whistler, you may remember, actually looked really good in April and May. He was one of the few bright spots, and then he fell apart. He yeah. just, I don't know what happened, but he, he had several terrible uh, I know what happened. You compared him to Greg Maddox. That's what happened. You compared him to Greg Maddox. Yeah, it'll be my fault forever. I'm never going to utter that again, though. Don't worry about it. Have we explained on this podcast the Floyd curse? Greg Maddox is unique. I don't think we'll ever see one like that. Have we explained the Floyd curse on this podcast? I don't know that you have. Uh, The earliest key example, you can probably go back in more time, but uh, right after Derek Lee came up, we were at uh, Turner Field watching Braves Marlins, and... uh, he looked like he might not be worthy of playing in the majors as a first baseman. And uh, you said the immortal words, Oh, Derek Lee sucks. He hits a home run. 
I, if I remember right, it was the next pitch, and it was a three-run home run yes. that put the Marlins in the lead over the Braves. But, and Derek Lee was and then he had a great, a great career. Major league player, but he actually had a pretty good career, and even did but well. But I the should Braves point out, stretch. I am not only picking on you because I inherited this. Yeah, during it's. it's, it's what We're would that like be? Sports Illustrated. Um, what was if that? If we praise somebody, they do poorly. If we criticize them, they do well. No question was about it. it. 07, that was the Cardinals-Mets uh, NLCS. I can look it over. Those teams would make me not totally pay attention, but I was out bowling in college, and there it was. And Yadier Molina comes up, similar situation, and I loudly say, in New York, mind you, ah, uh, Yadier Molina sucks. Oh, he'll, he became he'll the best be catcher in the league. Right, no good question about that. So, you know, <laughs> we have a magic when we say this kind of crap yeah. to just reverse trends. Yeah, I, I did praise Matt Whistler prematurely and excessively, and it's my fault, I'll give you that. But to go back to your main point, mm-hmm. Matt Whistler, he's had, you know, some injury issues with, not with his arm, fortunately, with like pulled muscles and back strain or whatever. I'm not going to worry too much about that. But he has looked very good um, in stretches here down the stretch and hopefully we'll get to see him again a couple more times um, so y- your point about the rotation Tehran's been pretty solid all year mm-hmm. um, Fulton Evich and Whistler you got something to build on there so yeah I think so but still it's pretty thin last night you know Williams Perez started um, didn't make it through three innings I don't think he's got arm trouble I don't think he's ever really yeah gotten healthy again and they we may never see williams perez um he he was never going to be a star but he had a chance to be a guy who could you know pitch a fair number of innings and not kill you but probably not dansby is the key way in which this roster is better well that's the most exciting thing about the last couple of months is seeing swanson and he's He's obviously been a defensive upgrade over Ibar. For whatever reason, Ibar just forgot how to play shortstop or got too old to move or something. Um, but I like Swanson in the field. Um, I think the metrics don't show him as you know a superstar or anything, and we were spoiled by he's, the greatest he's defensive shortstop I've ever seen. He's committed some weird errors. He has. And I'm not going to worry too much about errors at this point. The guy's got yeah. good instincts. He's got good range. He's got a very solid arm. I mean, he can throw people out from the hole. Um I like the guy in the field, um, but man, at, at the plate, the guy—he looks like he's going to be a major league hitter already. I know it's a very small sample size, but he certainly hasn't been overwhelmed by being in the big leagues. I mean, he's batting over three hundred—not that batting average is the be-all and end-all—but he's getting on base. He's got a little bit of pop, uh, home runs in two consecutive games this week. Uh, yeah, that's bearing what happened. Yeah. He, his first major home league run. home run was an inside the park home run, right. which is cool in and of itself. But that meant that he had hit an inside the park home run at three different levels this year. That's right. And he swears he had never hit an inside the park home run before ever, going back to little league. You know, it's a small thing, but it, I love what it says about him. Obviously, he's he's fast. You couldn't do that unless you run well. But, man, does he hustle. I, I didn't see the minor league ones, but I did see at least a replay of the major league one. And, you know, it was a long fly ball that looked like it was going to go out, bounces high off the fence. Um, nine out of ten major league players are going to pause and, you know, watch it as they yeah. trot toward first. He obviously was busting it right out of the box, and you got to love that about a young guy like that. 
I mean, it looked like he'd hit his first major league home run, but he didn't stand to admire it. He made it happen, even though it didn't go out. And uh, that's just... he was looking at the third base coach and trusting the third base coach, which is the smart thing to do, too. Right. Yeah, he, he wasn't you know, bound and determined no matter what. He was going to do it. Um, but he, 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 is, he does appear to be a very good base runner. People have been saying that about him for a long time. He's got good speed. It's not blazing speed, but it's very good speed. He'll steal some bases, but mainly he'll he'll take the extra base and not make unnecessary outs on the bases, I'm guessing. Just just going to be a good, solid ball player. Not just solid. I mean, he's got um, there, there's a reason he's a top 10 prospect on, on pretty much and, every list. And I think we are solidifying that there's an outside chance that the opening day of SunTrust Park, the most common jersey will be Swanson. Of it, um, well, partly because the Braves keep pushing it, and but, also because he grew up, you know, fifteen minutes away. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, what a well, he grew up. He grew up in Gwinnett, of events. Right? He's from Cobb County, right? He's from Cobb. around the corner. Yeah, I have to look. Um, he went to high school at, yeah, Marietta. Right, Marietta High. So, yeah, obviously not far. You know, the Braves have a history of doing that over over the last uh, few years. Fran Coor and McCann both coming up at the same time, pretty much both Metro Atlanta, both Gwinnett County guys, and then uh, just a few years later, Hayward, a Henry County guy. Um, it's it's fans do get excited about people that are from around here, but uh, Swanson may build more excitement than any of them because. There's not much else to be excited about. Uh, he is the future, and he was the number one overall draft pick in baseball, of course. Uh, and he's off to a good start, so yeah. Could, also, be he doesn't uh, swing at the slider away like a foolish idiot, <laughs> right. or uh, swing through the inside pitch, always. Yeah, or, or roll it over to second base. <laughs> yeah. But I love McCann. <laughs> yeah, McCann, that, I'd still love to have McCann yeah. the next couple of years if it didn't cost anything, but um, I don't think I want to pay the price. So the big deal, I guess, right now for the Braves is that they have three minor league teams in the finals of their respective league's playoffs. Yeah, and that's, you know, I don't really care that much about whether they win or lose, um, but I do care how some of these young players are playing, and they, they've had strong second halves. Um the, the the teams that are good, Carolina's been awful, but um, Gwinnett's not really that good. That's just yeah. you know, lousy division. But but the you know the double A team at Mississippi and the the low single A team at Rome have been the two that you know we've been following mostly because for whatever reason that's where the Braves are putting their prospects. The ones that might just be a year away at Mississippi and the ones that are probably two, three, or more years away at Rome. But there's a lot to be excited about with with both of those teams. Well, and I I actually kind of wanted to talk about the non-prospects in a way. Okay. Or not the non-prospects, but we've talked about... um, I mean, Malix is crushing it at Mississippi, and I guess they kept him there for roster reasons and because he's doing so well. Right. Um, But when we've talked about the minors, it's been... Swanson, Alves, uh, Dustin Peterson, Ronald Acuna. Does the one thing from this mean actually that there are guys who can be major leaguers and contribute? 
you know, of course there are. There are always people that surprise you that don't do much, and then, you know, all of a sudden, even once they're into their 20s, start to develop something that they were missing. But, but you just can't know that. The, the thing about the prospects is they're the ones that everybody says they got the tools. They, you know, if things go well, they, they will make it. Um, but, I mean, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. The truth is there's almost no such thing as a prospect. It's so, it's so hard to predict that, yeah, some of the guys that, you know, are on everybody's top list of prospects aren't going to make it, but there will be a few um, on, in the Braves minor leagues that will be contributing major league players that nobody's been talking about. There are always examples of that. The point is, we don't know who they are, right? <laughs> yeah, but is there something to take from, you know, a Johan Camargo, who's a switch hitter, 22 years old, can play multiple positions and manage to hit 267 in a pitcher's park? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, that's somebody who might very well end up being a major leaguer. Like, that's not um, exciting, but that's a guy that you have on no, your bench and feel okay about. it's good to have that kind of depth. Um, I can get more excited about him. You know, Gwinnett's got a whole bunch of people in their late 20s and even some people in their 30s right. and former major leaguers. Uh, that's kind of a hard team to watch, other than Rio Ruiz. Um, but um, they're, they're guys in their early 20s that might not have gotten much publicity or, you know, struggled at some point that, all of a sudden turn it around um, as we keep saying it takes a lot of depth and yeah. not everybody's going to work out but uh, there are several people like that that I don't follow it closely enough to name all of them but um, there are they're, they're good many people that have put in really good years and the, the Braves do seem to have pitching prospects coming out of the woodwork Patrick Weigel comes up basically for the postseason at double A right. and is dominant yeah, Rob there's Wayland a guy with, with top-of-the-order kind of stuff. He wasn't making anybody's list before the season because he's another one who couldn't find the strike zone. I mean, he was he was worse than all our other guys who couldn't find the strike zone, but something he's done. I mean, he throws, you know, upper 90s, mm-hmm. and he has, he has figured it out. And any, anybody who throws like that and all of a sudden knows where it's going, man, he, he may really end up being... He'll probably be on a lot of prospect lists going into next year, and he might even be on a fast track to the big club. Yeah, I know he might there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, but still, he's somebody you get excited about. And, and then going down to Rome, uh-huh. uh, obviously Acuna is kind of exciting, but he had an injury plague year and other nonsense. Um, you know, Ray Patrick Ditter apparently has no power, but he seems like a smart right. hitter, and he's only right. 21 and plays a capable outfield. Yeah, I mean, he, he may or may not have a major league future, but he's he runs really well, he's got good defense, and he, you know, yeah. he, I, I, he just may never hit enough, but he's, he's worth keeping an eye on. Now, the guy I really have an eye on is Jared James, because he was a 34th round draft pick this year out of Cal Poly Pomona, which is not a baseball powerhouse. Yeah. And he has been tearing the cover off the ball. And those are the kind of guys that actually make you a successful organization long-term. Uh-huh. Because the reason the Braves fell apart the end of the Frank Wren era isn't just that Simmons and Hayward turned out to have serious limitations offensively. It's that they didn't have any depth. I mean, they'd have an they injury. They really didn't. And they'd be playing nobodies. And they'll just crush you. Right. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of excited about, you know, there are teams doing well. 
Um, Luke Dykstra in the second half. Yeah, Luke uh, Dykstra really is a twenty-year-old well. who hit three hundred. I will not discuss his on-base and slugging in its glowing terms. But <laughs> right. I know. These guys can develop. Is the point? You um, mentioned you mentioned Ronald Acuna. Now that guy's missed most of the year with injury, but he uh, he may be as exciting as any position prospect they have at, at Rome or above. We hadn't talked about all the guys, these international signees from the last couple of years, um, most of whom are still not even 18 yet. Um, but that's where a lot of the position player talent seems to be. Um, you know, the, of course, Kevin Mikon, but also, you know, four or five other guys yeah. that are still um, teenagers that you never know what will happen, but at least they're building up some depth. And, and we should apologize to our listeners for your dog going crazy in the background. Yeah. My dog is right next to me, not making any noise, despite this. I'm just bragging. Well, that's the difference in your dog and my right. dog. Um, I've given up on her. <laughs> um, I can't do anything with her. No. But she is a huge Braves fan, so I guess it's... Her, oh, yeah, she's, she loves the Braves. Her contribution. part of the podcast. Um, right. Right. But, yeah, I was looking over Gwinnett's roster. It's it's amazing how old they are. Right, right. Yeah, They're like, oh, it's 29 just... and 30. It's crazy. Yeah. I think Lavarnaway is the youngest guy there right now. He's right? 28. If he's still there, did they cut him? They might have cut him. I oh, I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I really haven't paid much attention to. I thought I thought I the bold... at their box score to see how Rio Ruiz did, and that's pretty much what I did. Yeah, well, I was um, looking at the bold. Even, they weren't even using any of their pitching prospects much. I mean, it was kind of a shuttle for guys like Blair and Whistler um, and Gant and other people that were. Williams Perez went back there. People that you know. Not sure whether the major league pitchers are not pitching there, but you know the guys they're really counting on. Lucas Sims came up early in Gwinnett, but then he bombed, and they sent him back down. Uh, they never called Newcomb up there, so I just haven't paid much attention to them. And that seems to be the way a lot of teams are using their AAA franchises, not so much for prospects, but just just a place to have some veterans. Which is how a team featuring Matt Tuiasosopo and Sean Casmar <laughs> and Ruben right. Gwinnett can. You know, barrel into league playoffs. Yeah. Um, We've gone all this time talking about Mississippi, though, without talking about the awful injury. And this is what I was, It sounds really painful and horrible, and the video of him wincing was one of those, like, I don't know what I can do with my arm. Yeah. But it, I don't. I still don't see how it happened. But but, but it, it makes me nervous now. I, if the Braves are right that he's cleared for baseball activities as early as January, he can participate in spring training. I think there's a really good chance. I mean, obviously he won't. He's through for the season. He won't play in the Arizona Fall League like they were talking about. Um, but maybe he could do with the rest. Um, I don't think we'll see him as the starting second baseman in Atlanta next April. Um, he would have to even, hit 500 in spring training. Yeah, without the Arizona Fall, without the rest of whatever Rome, Mississippi's doing, without the Arizona Fall League. And I, I bet you he gets a slow start in spring training. Um I mean, you know, pitchers that have broken their arms like this, um, it usually takes a year. Now, he's not a pitcher, and so maybe it's not the same strain on the elbow, but um, that's, that's, that's a pretty major injury, and it's got to affect everything he does. So um, I don't think he'll be the starting second baseman. I still yeah, he, optimistic he broke, we'll see him during the year. He broke one of the tiny bones in his elbow, basically. Right. And has a specific name that I think Ole, Olecranon? I don't know. Yeah. Does that sound right to you? Oh, I don't remember the name, but yeah, it was a little bone in his elbow. I remember that much. <laughs> so, uh, which, you know, 
some guys have had problems with their wrists. Wrist is, is a bigger concern, I think, for a hitter. Wrist, it seems that they're slow to heal, and if your wrist is sore, it's awfully hard to swing a bat with authority. I don't know about an elbow injury in hitting. You just hardly ever hear about it. You think about yeah. it with pitchers. Um, it, it appears to be what you know, um, everyone knows is the arm, funny bone. Um, and it took a year, but he managed to come back. There have been a few yeah. others like that. It's it's the funny bone, basically. It's the little point yeah, that sticks exactly. out. Okay. The olecranon. Uh, which still can't quite figure out how it happened. Um, saw but a clip of it. That I never know on these little things because it seems like when you and it can kind of come loose if it's sort of so it could be that it was fractured and he didn't notice and then it came loose on a swing. Yeah. Is apparently what but I'm not that worried about it. The kid's 19 years old. It might have been rushing him to put, force him into the opening day lineup. They've got a pretty good second baseman right now. Jace Peterson's been, you know, solid. Um, I, I'd, I'd hate to think it really derails the guy's career for very long because I'm, I'm still pretty excited about Ozzie. Um, anybody that can hit the ball with his, the way he has as a 19-year-old at Double A. He's a switch hitter who barrels up the ball. If you're not right. excited about that, then you don't like baseball in my mind. Yeah. And then can run like the wind. Right. Um, he's not going to hit the ball over the fence all that often, but he's he's his slugging percentage is not too bad at all because he, he hits doubles and triples. He's hitting line drives in the gap. And it does. You know, little guys like that, you, you always people always say, oh, but the speed guys, they'll get to the major leagues and the major league pitchers will just knock the bat out of their hands and so they'll never be able to really hit it with authority. But I, I, I'm not sure I buy it with this guy. I mean, he seems to have hit with a lot more authority than, say, Jose Peraza, a very similar player coming yes. along. And Peraza may yet be a pretty good major league hitter, but Ozzy could be a star. So I'm. Well, and it's also. This doesn't derail that too much. The fact that what it's not so much that you have to crush the ball, you have to be able to make the pitcher pay for putting it over the plate. Exactly. And, and you, you can you actually make them pay. Authority, right. You can't just stick the bat out there and yeah. hope to make contact over and over again. And if a uh, good fastball over the middle, you can hit towards the right fielder and get it down. Yeah. That's actually good enough. Oh, yeah. Just hit line drives. That's what mm-hmm. you need him to do. You just don't want weak fly balls or And he's apparently you know, very good at doing that so far in his career. So I'm just disappointed we won't get to see him um, quite as early. But maybe we will. Hell, you know, the Braves have said he'll be ready to start doing baseball stuff in January. If so, you know, we may see a lot of him in spring training. Uh, well, yeah, I think most likely we will uh, see him in the middle of the year. I think that's right. And that's okay. He'll just be 20. Yeah, I mean, other than Andrew Jones, people don't really come up that young. Right. I mean, that's just how it works. Um, so in terms of development and how guys come to the majors, I kind of wanted to talk about, I didn't want to get stuck on like Francoeur and Hayward because I don't really like thinking about them, but there was a Chipper Jones bobblehead giveaway and a very awkward picture on Twitter of Chipper staring at said bobblehead. I didn't see that, but well, he's got that ubiquitous camouflage cap that he well, now yeah. wears. 
Chipper on Twitter is not something I tend to look at. Well, no, it was anyway. it was the Braves. I don't. I didn't. Look oh, the Braves that. Twitter. Okay. But like, so it's hard to tell exactly what he was looking at because I think he was also wearing sunglasses. But the look I saw was one of like, I'm not sure they got me. I don't think that's really me. <laughs> that's probably right. But I wanted to talk about. We've done this kind of before. But Chipper's trajectory to the majors was kind of obvious. Sure. Um, like, yes, number one overall draft pick and all this. He torched the minor It became clear leagues. early on he probably would not be a shortstop at the major league level. He made a ton of errors. Um, you know, pretty good athlete, but um, just, just wasn't going to be a shortstop. He was still a shortstop. You know, I saw him, and you were with me, although you wouldn't remember it, um, when he was still playing um, for the Macon Braves. Uh, saw him play in Savannah. Um, Tyler Houston was behind the plate, and Chipper Jones was the shortstop for the Macon Braves. Um, and of course, we already knew all about him because he was the number one draft pick and uh, just crushing the ball. A switch hitter who could barrel it up with authority. Yeah. Um, a lot bigger guy than Ozzy, obviously. Playing in the Sally League that year, uh, he hit 326 with a 407 on base and a 518 slugging. Yeah. <laughs> 15 home <laughs> runs, 24 doubles, 11 triples. 11 triples. And the stole, guy run as a young guy. He stole 40 bases. 40, yeah. He, he had very good speed. Um, you probably don't remember Chipper that way. You know, he was never as fast after he tore up his ACL. No, I, I remember Chipper as a good base runner who, if you were not paying attention to him, would steal on you. Right. Um, and, like, in 2005, he stole five bases, which is sort of absurd. Right. Um, but what's really amazing looking at this is that actually, well, when he played at Durham in 92, so he had that great yeah. season in A-ball in 91, and he played there the full year. Right. Then in 92, he hit 277 at Durham with a 353 on base and a 413 slugging. Okay. Which is like Is he still fun. playing shortstop? Can you see that? Yeah, he played shortstop the whole time. All the way through the minor leagues. It wasn't until he got to the major leagues they tried to figure out where to put him, I guess. Yeah, but. in fact, he didn't play a game away from shortstop at all until yeah. he got to the majors. Uh-huh. Um, and really, 95. He played his three games in 93 in Atlanta at short. He got six and a half. September call-up. Yeah. yeah, 93 was his triple-A year, right? Playing for what was the yeah. Richmond Braves. Um, but I was going to say, the Braves and actually... We were so well excited about him, but, we, but you know, the Braves were so good at that point. The Braves won 103 games um, Did not at need the him. major league level that year. Um, they didn't need to rush kids to the major leagues, but everybody knew Chipper Jones was progressing. He was ready. Um, he was as much a can't-miss prospect as I remember the Braves ever having, and everybody was excited about him. And he did up. not miss, um, to put it mildly. But yeah. actually, the second half of 92, he got promoted up to Greenville. I guess the weird draft got to move guys up. He had hit well previously. Yeah. And he uh -huh. hit 346 at Greenville. And weirdly yeah, for Chipper, he didn't walk that much. But my guess is guys were throwing him fastballs, and he just tattooed them. Right. Because he hit, in 67 games, nine homers, 17 doubles, and 11 triples. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that, you know, it's so interesting. Back then... We didn't have the internet. You couldn't follow things as obsessively as we do now. 
but every Braves fan knew about Chipper Jones, and you they would report about him in the Atlanta paper. What's Chipper Jones, Jones done lately? Uh, we were all excited to see him coming. And then his 93 season at Richmond, when AAA was still a thing with real players, he hit 325 with a 387 on base and a 500 slugging. He was Chipper yep. Jones that year. He was already Chipper, and he was ready. I mean, they could have he could have played at the major league level in '93, but as I say, they didn't need him, didn't need to rush him. But then they, there was no doubt he was ready, and he had to play in '94. And, and you know, then, you remember what they did? They, they weren't sure where to put him. Uh, he was going to be their starting left fielder um, yeah. in '94 because Pendleton was playing third base, and you know they weren't going to Chipper was not going to be a shortstop at the major league level. They had Blauser and Belliard. Um, but Chipper was going to be their starting left fielder. He had earned the job in spring training, and that's when he tore up his knee right at the end of spring training and missed the whole year. And he came back in 95, basically played the whole strike-shortened season in 95. Uh-huh. Uh, and was National League Rookie of the Year, right? Yeah. He, no. He wasn't. I always thought he was. That's the way I remember Wait, it. Really? He should have been then, I guess. Yeah. Oh, Dale Nomo was the rookie of the yeah, year. Was that it? Pretty certain. And, and, it, and see, in my own mind, I said, well, the, I've, I've corrected that mistake the voters made. Yes. Yeah. Um, come on. Just he had a rookie of the year caliber season. In he 95. absolutely I'll did. say that for and, him. And the other, but what's actually interesting to me is this guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer, all time yep. great. Yep. And he didn't have the most clean trajectory. Oh, well, I see what you're saying. He, he wasn't, you know, didn't have a 11, 1200 OPS. He was having an 8 to 900. Well, but, I mean, he had a time at Durham. He wasn't great. He, yeah. You know, and then he also injured his knee something awful right as he right. was on the cut. I mean, let's not act like that's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was tough. I mean, I'd I'd also just say that you know this is the rare guy who does everything, but there was enough consternation about did uh, you know Ozzy's sojourn to AAA that did not quite work out. Oh right, yeah, I see where you're going with this. Dan's be hitting absolutely no reason to doubt whether whether Albies has done what he needed to so far. And again, he's just 19. Yeah. I mean, now Chip Chipper was, you know, three, four years older than that before he finally made major leagues. Uh, Swanson, for that matter, is what, three years older than Swan, than Albies. Um, if Ozzy is, help, it's, you know, several months behind schedule because of this, that is absolutely nothing to worry about. But he, he has had a great year. He didn't hit that well at AAA, so what? <laughs> it was a very yeah. small sample size. He went back to AA, which is a tough hitter's part. Good, good players all around. He was he was dominant. He he was outstanding. Uh, I looked up the uh, NL Rookie of the Year voting. Yeah, it was very close. Total points: one eighteen for Hideo Nomo, one hundred four for Chipper Jones. Okay. Uh, I hate to break it to you. Hideo had a higher war. Okay, well, um, he did go thirteen Chipper and six. Chipper was an everyday player, four. though. You know that, that kind of argument is a is a pitcher ever as valuable. Um, also, you don't usually hear that in the rookie.
rookie of the year voting, you know, in the MVP. Anytime a pitcher gets a lot of votes or wins. Also, he was 26 and had a great career in Japan. He wasn't the same kind of rookie that Chipper was. That's true. Um, like whether Ichiro should have been considered a rookie. Right. Well, that's that's the worst example in a way. Right. Let's import the best Japanese player, you know, since Sadaharu O. Yeah. I wonder what that would do. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting with Swanson now really. Sw- Swanson, like if you project he, he out, he may struggle next year. You know, he may start out really slowly. And you just can't you can't worry about it. I, I don't want to get too excited that offensively he's looked pretty solid uh, the first month. Um, he, he's just by all accounts he's going to be a major league, a very good major league hitter for a shortstop anyway. Yeah. But he's had seventy nine plate appearances. You know, you multiply that by on well, twenty games. You multiply that by. Seven seems ridiculous. What's his slash line at the moment? Uh, 306, 354, 431. Yeah, slug in 431. You, you, you'll take yeah. that. Well, well, what I, I mean, was going to say, said, if you multiply by seven, which would be like he plays every day, uh-huh. you know, to get to sort of a full season. Yeah. Um, that would be, you know, 150-something hits, 21 doubles, 14 homers, uh, doing this exercise doesn't make me feel good about the walks. I know, and, and I, 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 I thought he would—he had—he had much 42. better um, discipline. But you know, he's a—he's a rookie. I think they're throwing the ball over the right. plate, so you, you can't just take it if they throw it there to hit. But my point is, for a twenty-three-year-old shortstop, that would be fantastic. Right. We don't need the guy to be MVP level. Yeah, we'll take that next year, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Who else do you think we'll see next year? Malik Smith, obviously, I think, has already I think pretty much established himself. I'm hoping he will be one of their starting uh, outfielders. My, my big, bold prediction for the outfield next year is that one of Kemp or Markakis gets traded. Most they likely Markakis. Really. But, yeah, I mean, because it, why Markakis not? Markakis is a superfluous one, and we said this over and over again, but as a left-handed hitter, um, they, they really need the right-handed power of Kemp. Yeah. I'm still a little bit skeptical, but um, he'll, he'll report to spring training in the best shape of his life, though, and he'll be ready to roll by, in March. Why, why do they I'm say that about 32-year-old guys? No one's yeah. in the best shape of their life at 32. Everyone is in the best shape of their <laughs> life at like 23. Yeah, yeah you, you know about that. Um, this I, is uh, how aging works. It's not. I guess what I was really wanting to know is... Um, has, have either Rio Ruiz or Dustin Peterson put themselves in the running to be on the major league roster? Uh, Peterson, like I said about obvious, probably has to absolutely crush the ball in spring training. Yeah, and an and injury then, has to open up space. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, that guy has to play every day, so he'd have to prove he's better than the options otherwise. Right. Like, I don't think you bring him up to have him be your platoon bat with somebody. Right, or or just a fourth or fifth outfielder that just pinch hits. Um, That's a waste. You do that with Ruiz. Um, I've already seen a lot of talk about maybe he'd be a good platoon partner with Garcia at third base. He'd be a great platoon partner with Garcia. One thing about Ruiz, he's had a really good year, but I looked at his splits. He does not hit left-handed pitchers. (laughs) He hasn't shown he can do that yet. 
there's an argument that everybody has similar platoon splits, which yeah. is my argument that all left-handers should be platooned unless they're Freddie Freeman, and the split still makes him the best option. Well, like Freddie some... Freeman hits worse, but guess what? He's a good enough hitter. He's still a pretty good hitter. But some um, people are more extreme than others, and it's also true that some people it takes them longer, especially you know lefties, because there are there are far more left-handed pitchers in professional baseball than there were in amateur baseball. Yes. You know there aren't that many lefties in the in the real world, but yeah. Um, if if anybody has ever of, played... once you learn how to hit left-handed pitchers, um, and some lefties become a lot better later. Left-handed hitters become a lot better with some experience, and the only way to get that was to hit against lefties. Yeah. If you bring somebody up and he starts out as strictly a platoon, he's just not getting the hit bat. So I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, to demonstrate that left-handed hitters are a lot more rare, just think back to when you've ever played rec softball. Oh, right. And then a lefty comes over and is like, oh, my God, do we have to move? We, what is going on? Yeah. Why is there a well, left-handed hitter? Left-handed pitchers are the ones that are so rare. So right. But a left-handed hitter um, really doesn't see that many and, left-handed pitchers until right. they can get to professional baseball. Um, and, and, you know, so a random sampling has a lot fewer lefties than in uh, the majors. Right. And... I also think it's good to start out in a platoon role for a young guy because you'll yeah, get days off. Yeah, a chance to succeed, right? You know, yeah. don't put too much pressure on him. You don't have to play every day. and you, you maximize your success when you're going against the pitchers you ought to be able to hit against. Um, you know, they've done that with Swanson a little bit. It's not a platoon, but he's he hasn't played every day, and the times he sat seems to be against you know some of the toughest pitchers. <laughs> I think they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, I, I don't know about that strategy. Um, yeah. Because I think it, you're putting in such a worse hitter. True. But they also aren't probably as obsessed with the minor ways to. They're not. They don't win. care that much yeah. about winning either. But they care more about Swanson's development. I, I think Ruiz is up start of next year because what I mean. Otherwise, yeah. who plays third base? You just well, like but it's also what is he supposed to go to Gwinnett and hit three thirty? Right. He hit 271 with a 355 on base and a 400 slugging as a 22-year-old right. in AAA. Yeah. As a 750 hitter at AAA, that's not enough to think, oh, my God, that guy is banging down the door. He's got to come in. He's got a similar OPS, I guess, to Garcia and Jace Peterson, who have it at the major league level. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you translate his AAA numbers to the major leagues. He's not even going to be as good a hitter as they are. Except, as you point out, development. He's just 22 playing against a whole bunch of older people. Uh, you assume he's going to get better. And a pretty you solid shortstop. Don't Garcia is going to get better. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can say that the jump to the majors and then the improvement from 22 to 23 would mean he'd have similar stats. He'd probably be a little bit worse. But yeah. if a guy hits 260, 330, 389 with okay defense... That's actually fine at third base. Sure, sure. I, I see some people say, oh, we need to trade for a really good hitting third baseman. Um, what people forget is there really aren't that many yeah. good hitters out there anymore. This is a different era than it was a decade ago. Um, how many really good hitting third basemen are there? Not that well, many. We're not this getting people say we need to, do we, we need to get a good, you're right. Um, yeah, I've heard some people say, oh, you know, we need somebody like Nolan Arenado. Well, yeah, no shit. 
Good. You have to give uh, up Tehran. Gold Glover, who's, you know, the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that guy might be Mike Schmitz. Um, but, Seriously, don't say uh, these things. I know. I've, I've cursed him. But not that I care as much about him. <laughs> um, it was like people say, you need to really get a good hitting catcher. How many good hitting catchers are there anymore? Well, or the, really aren't. the love for Prado and Turner on the free agent market. I I don't think that Justin Turner or Martin Prado is going to do better than a platoon of Rio Ruiz and a Dolce. Oh, I think Garcia. that's right. And I think they're going to cost him. I do like million. Martin Prado just because I like Martin Prado. And I love his versatility. If you could even use him as a super utility guy, he'd be a great guy to have on the bench. Um, but as your regular third baseman, um, and especially if you commit to him for any length of time, um, and especially if you have to give up a draft pick because he had a qualifying offer, I'd have to say no thank you even to Martin. Yeah, th- this isn't, you know, crazy. Um, yeah. No, I think Ruiz should be on the Major League roster from day one. I think he should be the left side of a platoon. Well, He could also sub in for Garcia um, defensively in close games. Yeah. And that would, you know give him a real role in the major league roster, but also not rely on him to be a great hitter. You know, another option was move Jace Peterson to third to do a platoon with Garcia. But it's pretty clear now that Jace Peterson is their second baseman to start next year. So Mm -hmm. forget that thought. That's okay. And I also like the idea that Jace Peterson might get 130 games without being a regular starter. Right. Because, again, you need guys to fill in mm-hmm. for, you know, two-week injuries or just a day off. Um, and he could do that at so many positions. Yeah. Well, I, Jace Peterson has, has established himself now as somebody you, you, you really want to hang on to, I think. Uh, really good second half. He's, he's, he's faded the last couple of weeks. He may be tired, but he had a really good August. Staring at uh, the Gwinnett Braves lineup, is Mel Rojas the guy that... Nah, how old is he? I mean, the, the, the whole 26. team is just... Oh, yeah. Uh, may, maybe, but I doubt it. My point is, is he a guy that has at least been an okay hitter through the minor leagues and is, like, not really old and... I don't know enough about his is, history. Is he better you know, off as your? Are you better off with him as your fifth outfielder than other people? I I, I don't know enough about him to have an opinion. Uh, maybe, but I doubt it. And also, the reason guys like that have never really been in the major leagues uh, is one thing to talk about guys that are in their early twenties that haven't shown much yet. They might turn a corner, yeah. but a guy who's never done enough and he's all of a sudden into his late twenties. I mean, that, that just almost never happens. That they all Jeff Rancor on a one-year a... low-money deal is better, probably. Well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I shouldn't keep bashing Jeff Rancor. He actually it's contributed to the Braves. He had to be a starter, unfortunately, and that was not where he belonged. But he's a guy to pinch hit against lefties and play a little defense and show off that arm. Jeff, Jeff's pretty good. Yeah, I I think that it would make a lot of sense actually to have a right field platoon by bringing back Francoeur and I guess Malik's and Wright, although Ender would be better over there. 
Yeah. We, but we're going to have two center fielders next year, and then whatever Matt Kemp counts as. I, I'm excited about having Enciarte and Malix in the lineup, um, along with um, Swanson, who's probably going to be hitting toward the top of the order, but you know, guys that, that can really run the bases when Ozzy comes up. I love that kind of baseball. We, you know, like the Cardinals of the 80s or the, the Royals of back then or more recent Royals. It's, it's fun baseball. It's, it, it's not the kind of baseball that wins games in certain run environments, but in this lower-scoring environment, you know, it, it can be winning baseball. It's a lot more fun to watch. It's a lot more fun to watch. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh but again, we are uh, hoping the Braves lose no more than 11 games over the rest That's of the season. Something, something to keep our eyes on. Uh, start a three-game series with Miami tonight, then the Nats, then uh, at City Field for the Mets, uh, in Miami, and then Philadelphia and Detroit. Yep, with the final series ever at Turner Field, That's, home against Detroit. Yeah, but that's kind of doable. Oh, yeah. Those aren't all great teams. The Nats and the Mets can play, but... They've shown what they could do against the Phillies last time they played them. They're really not that good. So, I mean... Oh, well, okay. but you never... It, it's, it's... But it's not it's like they have to doable. face the Cubs and the Nats and, you know, like have the Yankees and Gary Sanchez's freak... Right. ...power. Did you see yeah. the Gary Sanchez intentional walk thing quickly before we close? No, I have not. Did you, did you hear about it? I don't even know about it. Tampa Bay was trying to put him on with runners on second and third. Uh-huh. And the pitcher missed uh, a little too close to the plate with his first uh, intentional walk pitch. And so on a pitch out, Sanchez crushes the ball to the center field warning track in Yankee Stadium. Oh, wow. You know, I've I've always wanted to see that. I'm not sure I've ever seen anybody really do it well. Every now and then I see somebody swing at a at one that they thought was coming too close to the plate on an intentional walk, but to do that and crush it, and, that, that's, uh, that's pretty fun, yeah. And the pitcher's reaction is one of those where it's like, ah, oh, how did he do that? Hey, how did he do how that? That was impressive. Was what? How far outside was it? Uh, the catcher definitely, like, had to come, like, down and towards the plate from the standing normal position. Right. It, it was not. It was not a didn't good. Throw it over the plate, though, right? But it was not over the plate. It was also a soft toss. I mean. Oh right. <laughs> anyway, that was that was the most fun baseball thing I saw uh, in the last week, uh, which was insane. But uh, we'll be watching uh, to see how the Braves do over the next week. They cannot guarantee they will not get 100 losses in the next week. One thing we have guaranteed is we won't be the worst Atlanta Braves team yes. ever, right? Yes. Already so, claims that. That's good. Uh, we're also just, we have Dansby Swanson now. And that makes it more fun. Yep. Honestly. The first of many, I hope. Yes. So, uh, whatever happens with the Braves, we will be back next week to talk about it on the Channel 17 podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network. You can find all of our episodes and every episode from the Productive Leisure Network shows on ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like what you're hearing, do leave a review and subscribe to this podcast. 
And you can also follow us on Twitter for updates at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you next week.